the world is getting crazier. People are acting more and more insane. The end of the world is tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. There's only one thing to do when the world is falling apart. Listen to Basil and Gons as they discuss this week's news and events through the lens of Bible prophecy. You are listening to Canary Cry News Talk. You're listening to Canary Cry News Talk. Today is July 15th, 2020. This is episode 219. And uh, this week, Deep Fake Rising. And you know me, I'm not your echo chamber, but I'm your best buddy, Basil. And this is Gons. We are buffering like crazy. So apologize for that for the live stream folks, but... If you're listening to this later, you're getting a crisp, crisp, crispy, crisper Cas9 level of quality. <laughs> I couldn't tell if you were just stuttering or if the <laughs> connection really went bad. Went really bad, so, started yes. looping. Yeah, apologize everybody. The connections are a little tough today. Um, I got a. Yeah. I'm thankful. I can say I can blame that on Gons today. Yeah, um, but, yeah. But you know, know. L- like you said, if anybody has too much trouble with the live stream, remember to subscribe to the podcast version. Um, significantly higher sound quality, and you know, it's it's old school. It's, it's, podcasts are almost like uh, becoming. Uh, uh, like records or something, vinyl records. I, I'm I always surprised by how few people actually use the podcast function of this show. But remember, you need to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or any podcatcher that you use, Stitcher, Spotify, the, you know, yada, yada, yada. Uh, always a good backup. And if the live stream isn't working, we'll still be posting episodes there. But here we go, Gons. Wednesday, Wackchin Wednesday. What's going on? Yeah, watching Wednesday. Um, yeah, there's. Uh, I'll let you go first because you are. You got. You stepped on something today that uh, sounded really painful. Oh yeah, no, it's been an exciting day. We were rushing to try to get started a little earlier today. I think we technically still have broken our record by only starting like 45 minutes late. Um, so still under an hour, so I'm happy about that. But part of the reason we started a little late was because at the last moment, I got up to uh get my supplies, some water, and uh, stepped right on attack. It was a full, full penetration tack step. Um, so I have a very painful foot right now. Um, but it's all bandaged up. The bleeding has stopped. And I think we're going to make it. Very cool. Good job. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I was, what about uh, you? What's uh, going on? There's not much going on over here. I'm just looking at the bit rate, the upload speed, and it's very slow. So it's it must be really awful trying to watch this live right now. It's literally like 400 kilobytes a second, which uh, is not going to make it. That's not going to work. No, it, no. It's, it's under 1,000 kilobytes a second, which is just awful connection. Um, uh-huh. I, I'm, I'm wondering if my IP address is tagged or something because uh, it's been yeah, like this all day. Say. Might have to try out a some sort of VPN or something. <laughs> yeah, that that's not just to work. complicate things more. Yeah, to make it yeah more complicated. Oh. Uh, right, right before right before we went live, I checked out uh, my Twitter feed and I noticed that Elon Musk is feeling generous today. Uh, he said, "I'm feeling yeah. generous because of COVID nineteen. 
I'll double any BTC, that's Bitcoin payment, sent to my Bitcoin address for the next hour. Good luck and stay safe out there. And he leaves his, uh, or this Bitcoin address, clearly uh, a scam, a hacker got into his account or something because that is the Bitcoin scam. Anytime you see anybody saying, hey, send me Bitcoin and I'll send you back double. That's like the quintessential scam alert. And uh, in fact, you can go... This is the you know the semi-transparency aspect of Bitcoin. You can actually go on the Block Explorer, look up that Bitcoin address, and you can see uh, how much Bitcoin is in that that wallet. And right now, um, when I first looked at it, there was about 1.6 Bitcoin, and now there's 2.57. I'm gonna refresh here. Oops, not that. That's not what I wanted. Here we go. I'm gonna refresh and see how much more Bitcoin. Whoa, there's six Bitcoin in this address now. So clearly oh people gosh. are sending Bitcoin to this address. Come and, on, people. Um, That's yeah, not come how on, it works. Folks. That's not how any of this works. No, no. You need to not do that. But uh, people are desperate for money, I guess. And uh, they're sending Bitcoin to this address. The thing is, if they nail down you know, who was behind this, uh, this hack, I'm guessing it was a hack, or, or Elon's really feeling generous. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, who knows? <laughs> Elon, that's that's the perfect uh, target for this scam. If you can, uh, people would actually believe that Elon would do something crazy like that. Um, so perfect target for the scam. Unfortunately, uh, yeah. don't send any Bitcoin to to Elon. No. Although I don't know. Who knows? If you did send Bitcoin to Elon, let us know if you got well, double back. Well, the thing is, he said for the next hour, so we can actually track, and he posted this about a half hour ago. So right now, there's no Bitcoin sent out of the address. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll know within, within the time frame of the show, we can refresh and see if he actually sent Bitcoin back, which, uh, at least from this address, you know, it's possible he can send it from another address. But yeah. uh, we'll take a look to see if there's any outbound Bitcoin from this address, which doesn't make any sense. How are you going to send double the amount that you got sent in from an address? But anyway, that's a really good something question, actually. to keep in mind. <laughs> yeah. If the address yeah. doesn't have any Bitcoin in it, how are you right. going to double whatever gets sent to you? All right. right. Anyways. So there's your, uh, there's the, the latest scam, the latest, Elon yeah, latest scam. scam. Um, let's open up with a flippy update guns. Oh, wait, by the Ooh. way. Oh, Oh, good catch. Um, yeah. It's, it's <laughs> you know, we've been talking about how people are complaining that the show's too long. And, oh, yeah. uh, you know, that's just kind of bugged me. So I, I haven't responded to anybody doing that. But, uh, you know, of course, when the show started, we were doing 29 minute shows. Then, of course, it grew to over three hours. Today, we do <laughs> have a very hard out at uh 4 4 p.m pacific standard time which is going to be yeah, about ish. a two-hour show right yeah hopefully i mean i can I, I can probably budge 15 minutes or so but yeah well, a little a little bit of a harder have, out today uh, <laughs> i have set an alarm on my phone for four okay. o'clock so uh there will be a loud obnoxious alarm going <laughs> off telling us to stop the show um so there you go just for everybody who's who's uh been complaining this is going to be a reasonably long show for you all, all right, right let's hit that flippy update flippy update do you want fries with that 
Okie dokie, we're over here on um, an interesting website called CampaignAsia.com, and the article is titled, Robots Serve Non-Alcoholic Beer in a, quote, Bar for One. Because this timeline doesn't already suck enough, apparently. The Heineken 0.0 Contact Bar is now open in Darlinghurst in Sydney. Staffed by a conveyor belt and some robotic arms, the bar only serves the company's 0.0 brand of non-alcoholic brew. And it's only open to one person at a time due to the distancing (laughs) restrictions. It sounds like just about the most depressing, quote, brand new drinking experience Adnut can imagine. And the fact that the robots are called Heidi and Ken is no help. Adnut will stick to drinking more potent stuff at home, either alone or on sloppy Zoom calls. Thank you very much. (laughs) The brand name or the brand claims the bar is a response to COVID-19 restrictions, but Adnut suspects it's an activation that was planned earlier, but when uh, but then had to be repurposed and respun for today's reality. Why would you need two robotic arms to serve one person at a time if the original (laughs) pre-COVID plan was uh, for the two robots to hand out samples in a crowded area. Adna could see it being fun, but this, like so much of the current situation, just sucks. We already know we're living in a dystopia. We don't need a demoralizing pop-up experience to accentuate it. The robot, robot arms are programmed by students and engineers from University of Sydney who appear to have done a fine job. Momentum Worldwide and Red Havas are the agencies involved so there you go gons it's uh this is the world we live in sorry that was super loud the world we live in where two robot arms can serve one person a 0.0 uh alcohol non-alcoholic uh beer there we go very fun have you ever tried non-alcoholic beer i want to get a no our connection must be really off because it takes you a really Uh long time do we have a slow connection or you just Oh, we there do. we go. Yeah, you, it takes you a while to... Connections, man. I know, yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, so you've never tried non-alcoholic beer, you said? Never have. It's gross. <laughs> Don't try that it. That does not surprise me. You know, what? more than going to this thing, what I would like them to do is to live stream the bar so we can see what sad, sad person is sitting in <laughs> a bar for one being served uh, anti- non-alcoholic beer by a pair of robot arms. That is literally one of the saddest, uh, uh, most depressing things that uh, I could watch. And there's a lot of depressing things to watch nowadays. Um, But there you go. So watch out, folks. Uh, Remember, Flippy is the disembodied robot arm that's uh, taking our jobs, enslaving our children, and flirting with our spouses. And now these two robot arms can uh, just (laughs) give you a really weird afternoon. (laughs) A bunch of carbs for no reason. Um, and I do want to hit this other flippy update real quick. I'm not going to read it, Gonzo, but okay. we can hit that jingle one more time. Let's do it. Flippy update. Do you want fries with that? Yeah, there we go. Um, yes, this flippy update. Uh, the original flippy from Miso Robotics, the burger flipping robot, has uh, got a new gig, and uh, Flippy will be joining the team at White Castle Burgers. So, uh, previously, 
uh, what is it called? Cali Burger or something like that mm-hmm. was the only restaurant using Flippy to flip burgers. Uh, that was at least advertised. But now White Castle is on the list, folks. We'll, we'll see if um, those little soggy burgers are just as delicious when a robot's making them. A couple points. One, I've never had a White Castle burger. So really? I don't know if that's a crime or something. Uh, I've had two, them once. Yeah, we're. I'm a West Coast boy. I don't really. I haven't really. Yeah. Done too much of the White Castle thing. Uh, mm-hmm. And number two, I didn't realize Flippy was a racist. Uh oh. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> the White Castle? Come on, man. Oh, why not the Yellow Castle, castle or yeah. the Black Castle? Yeah, why just why the White Castle? Multiculti Castle. What's up, White <laughs> Castle? What's going on? Yeah, so there you go. That's just a <laughs> Basil and Gons go to White Castle. That would be a fun one. Oh, great. Um, yeah. And drink non alcoholic right, beer. Um, let's see. We have uh, a bunch of quick updates. Um, man, our connection is just so bad. Hang on one second here. Let me, uh, let me so toggle bad. with the Wi Fi cable, I don't, or not the Wi Fi, but the, the Ethernet cable. I don't know if it's. I wonder. I'm I'm afraid Ooh. to switch off my Wi-Fi and and strictly go with the uh, with the 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 Ethernet connection yeah, because I'm afraid of what's about to happen too. But we have to try something because we yeah, cannot get really through bad. two hours of this. I know. Hold on one second. Let me. Yeah. Uh, I'll I'll put on some uh, elevator music while you do that. Please stand by. <laughs> Let's see where are we connected to how you doing um, i'm gonna I have mean, a trivia I'm, night here who who first in the chat can name this song wow this is this is horrible horrible uh, i know I'm I, I okay. Should I turn off my Wi-Fi? That's really risky because we can con- completely drop the entire live stream here. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Should we just try a whole thing again? Try to do something for your connection and then try to start the stream again? What do you think? I don't know. Hang on. Let me uh, let me open some preferences here. This is just ruining the show. Um, <laughs> this and that's another reason to follow the podcast version of the show, people, because situations like this, uh, w- when they get this bad, will be edited out, and you don't have to to sit through it. You can. No, I'm not going to edit it out, but <laughs> experience the magic of podcast editing. Yeah, um, it should be connected. It should okay. be connected, but it's not. You, you sound a little bit better. Hey, okay. Let's let's see if this gets any better, but we'll just uh, we'll okay. continue on here and see if we can kind of move along. And oh, okay, well, all right. Um, still at three hundred kilobytes a second bit rate. Oh my gosh, speed, it's like nineteen ninety nine, baby, playing yeah, Starcraft like, on the 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 uh, the landline. The world is getting crazier. People are acting more and more insane. The end of the world is tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. See, there's only one thing to do when the world is falling apart. Listen to Basil and Gons as they discuss this week's news and events through the lens of Bible prophecy. You are listening to Canary Crime News Talk. 
Okay, you're listening to Canary Cry News Talk, take two on this <laughs> Wackchin Wednesday. This is July 15th, 2020, episode 219, and this week, Deep Fake Rising. And for the second time, I'm doubly not your uh, echo chamber, but I'm your best, best buddy, buddy, Basil Basil. And this is Gons. I'm mad. I'm very upset at technology right now. Yes, for those who uh, were not trying to tune into the live stream on the podcast feed here, uh, we had some major technical difficulties. This is a take two version of today's show, so uh, we will speed through the intro here again. Um, what are some of the what are some of the points that uh, those who did not see the first take need to know? Uh, <laughs> I stepped on a tack and bled you stepped everywhere. Stepped on a tack. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll have it edited. So people on the RSS feed could at least hear part of it. We didn't record it. That's very nice of you. And uh, we did did the first flippy update, which basically is a very sad one person bar uh, staffed by two flippy arms in Sydney, Australia. Uh, Serving non-alcoholic beer. Yes. Serving non-alcoholic beer. Yes, if you uh, missed the first time, it was it was hilarious. Um, yes, but, uh, <laughs> but there you go. Second Flippy update was White Castle. White Castle now employing Flippy the robot to uh, cook those soggy little morsels of deliciousness. And uh, what else? We talked about uh, Elon Musk's uh, Twitter account getting hacked, and people so far sending six Bitcoin uh, to an unknown address because of that. Oh, uh, which it just. It doubled. There's 11.1 Bitcoin in the account now. Okay, oh, great. It looks, it looks so, like so that's over hundred thousand dollars. Somebody is getting so far. Well, with, uh, there's been one Bitcoin sent out. Hmm. So it looks like. Let me try to figure out where. Uh, a lot of these are unconfirmed transactions, though. It'll take me a little longer to figure it out. But uh, yeah, it looks like Bitcoin is going back out, but it could be going to. This another scammer address. Yes, uh, and we could uh, figure out exactly because uh, with Bitcoin addresses, you can see who sent the money. So technically, we could go in and do the forensics and see if that uh, Bitcoin outgoing is going to one of the accounts that sent in Bitcoin. But we're not going to do that yeah, live we're not on the show. We're pretty sure that's a scam. Um, but there you go. Yep. And uh, yeah, a couple Flippy updates. Uh, I talked about how uh, Flippy was racist for signing up with White Castle and not Black Castle. Yes, right. <laughs> and we got a bunch of updates. Let's start there because um, this is brief, but not brief. Okay. Update first, me, baby. First things first. Uh, According to fr24news.com, Kanye West to step down from 2020 presidential race. Oh, what? Oh, yeah, he's he's done. He didn't Uh, make it very far. No, it had Mm. to be his late check in. Rap superstar Kanye West has already pulled out of his late presidential bid, according to a report. The billionaire rap icon who announced his entry into the presidential arena in a July 4th tweet told electoral strategist. Steve Kramer, that he was out of the race, New York uh, Magazine reported Tuesday. Oh, I missed it. Yeah. So uh, I think somewhere else, I won't go through the article here, but it said that he had about 2% of the the, the polls. Um, So, you know, he was, and and like you theorized, he was actually taking votes away from Trump and not 
Biden. Yeah, so, so he maybe must that's have been why he pulled convinced. out. Yeah, he must have been convinced to not uh, get in the way of his good buddy Trump there. Yeah. So okay, well that's that is very interesting. You know, I I don't think I ever truly thought he was going to make it to the race or that he would be a real issue, but I thought he'd make it more than a week. <laughs> maybe his Mark of the Beast comments, uh, you know, the, the powers that be were like. You shall not give away the secrets and then step down now. You're fired. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. Um, So in the meantime, he's back to, uh, you know, being Kanye and he tweeted out this. uh, Love this chair. He's got a picture of these. uh, I don't know what style this is, like art deco or something. Just a Hmm. silver. It looks like a little like upside down UFO chair. Okay. Big fan of a chair. Great. Big fan of a chair, Elon, Kanye. Possibly the most uncomfortable chair I've ever seen. Yeah. I don't know what what it is, but now that he's not (laughs) running for president, he can tweet his favorite chairs. It's quite the hard-hitting news we bring here on Canadian (laughs) Crime News Talk. Kanye tweeted about a chair. It's it's an update. Yes. Yes, and then we have uh, another update here on the uh, Ghislaine update. Oh. Yeah, very interesting. Of course, just a little uh, update here. Ghislaine Maxwell, longtime associate of Jeffrey Epstein and alleged to be involved with uh, the trafficking that uh, Epstein was you know, the, uh, basically in charge of for uh, a long, long time, was arrested, put in jail. They tried uh, to get her out of jail uh, by posting a $5 million bond. And what happened? BBC.com, Ghislaine Maxwell denied bail in Epstein's sex trafficking Ooh, case. I gotta say, I am surprised. Yeah, and what's interesting is we have these like sketches, you know, from the courtroom. Mm-hmm. And... Um, that's always interesting in this uh, time of COVID, too. Yes, I noticed the sketch did not really look like her. No, uh, and no, no pictures or video officially. I don't think. Yeah, at that's a hearing, at a hearing via video link, a New York judge said she would remain in custody while awaiting trial on charges of trafficking minors for Epstein. Miss Maxwell, who pleaded not guilty, will go on trial July twenty twenty one. Isn't that, that is one crazy? year from now? Why That's plenty so of time for her to to be uh, extracted. He, totally. I mean, it, it, or at least catch quote unquote catch COVID or yeah. something. Um, but yeah. yeah, they wanted to get her out of that jail because they were so afraid she was going to catch COVID. Uh, I don't know why they can't just give her a mask in there or whatever. Um, but there <laughs> give her you a vaccine. Go. She's gonna shoot her up to- in the vein. I want to know where they're going to keep her because apparently that Boston, what was it? Boss in Boston, the jail or Baltimore or something. I don't know. Yeah, one of those Baltimore. Eastern B cities uh, apparently was in a pretty shady situation. Oh, Brooklyn in a, in a Brooklyn. Yes. Okay. In a jail famous for, uh, you know, jail guard beatings and all sorts of nasty stuff. So we'll see what happens to her. Yep. And uh, not much else to report on her in this particular situation, but we've been on it. So we've been keeping all of you guys abreast of what's going on. And, um, you know, I have, I I got a bunch of new jingles in this episode and uh, a lot of them were uh, stuff that I just threw together 
to hopefully inspire some producers out there. This one's a little long, but I think it gives a overview of what the whole 33 situation is about. Okay. 33 is the number of completion of the great work. The first temple of Solomon stood for 33 years. David ruled for 33 years in Jerusalem. The Masonic order divided into 33 symbolic degrees. There are 33 segments in the human spinal column. Jesus was crucified in the 33rd year of his life. There you go. Lots of All 33s. The, uh, lots of 33s. And there are a ton of 33s in headlines and news reports. It's everywhere. That's the more right. You For look, those who don't know, generally 33, when you see it uh, in the news, is used as a signaling device, more sort of a hiding in plain sight signaling uh, to, to you know let the elites know that this is something to pay attention to for one reason or another, uh, which will more or less remain a mystery until... The cows come home, but what do you got? Well, this first one is eatthis.com. It's a website called Eat This, Not That. Mm -hmm. And they outlined on July 14th, 33 worst mistakes you're making at the grocery store. So we're not going to even read it, but that's the the first 33 report. You want to do the next one? A little, uh, a little sure. more intense, a little more intense yeah. one on the next one. Okay, we're just going to zoom through. This one's on Reuters.com. China says 33 rivers hit record levels as floods situation remain grim. Ooh. Yeah, and this, this story is, um, it's, it, have you seen footage coming out of China and all no. the flooding going on? You no, haven't. No, I had no idea. Oh, it's idea. crazy. Oh, it's insane. It's, it's mm. like judgment over there. Weird. It's as if uh, Trump... Uh, busted out his new, you know, heart machine or something, and started to mess with the the oceans and stuff. Oh, um, it's it's pretty it's pretty crazy. Have, have you seen the, the pictures? There's pictures here. I'm looking at the picture now. So you got like a pagoda type thing that's uh, almost fully submerged in water. Yeah, wow. Yeah, and of course, 33 rivers in China have risen to their highest levels in history during the current wave of floods. Um. And of course, uh, Yi Jianchun, vice minister of water resources, told a briefing that 433 rivers, as well as major lakes like the Dongting, the Poyang, and the Tai, have all risen beyond their warning levels since the flood season began in June. Mm. Uh, so uh, a couple 33s in there. Okay. What else we got? Just wanted to make sure people are staying safe out there. Uh, another 33 report. This one is the techrepublic.com data breaches declined 33% in the first half of 2020. Oh, weird. Yeah. And uh, apparently Elon, Elon didn't get the memo (laughs) publicly reported U S identity compromises dropped 33% in the first half of 2020 compared to the first half of 2019. So hmm. there's another 33. This is all in the last couple of days, by the way, these headlines. Uh, July, you know, we're looking at July uh, 13th, 14th, around that time. Okay. And uh, today's the 15th. Um, and then... Well, we can head over to uh, Florida. There's a tweet here um, by Jesse Milton for U.S. Congress. 33 Florida labs were just Busted cook in the books, reporting 98% positivity uh, rather than 9.8%. Um, uh, regarding coronavirus testing labs there, 33 of them were busted cook in the books. I think this was, um, and I looked into it a little bit, and 
Yeah, I think this, that's pretty bad. If you're doing 90, 98%, they, they reported 98% when it was 9.8. I mean, what, mm. is it a decimal place mistake? A convenient decimal place mistake? I don't know, but that, that's, that's pretty egregious. Yeah. 33 Florida labs. That's, that's a lot of labs. Of course, 33. Um, let's keep moving on here. This is Forbes.com. In the past 33 days, Texas set coronavirus hospitalization records 31 times. They, they couldn't would, get to 33. <laughs> why would they choose that specific time frame of 33 days? Interesting. I don't know. They were probably trying to do the 33 days, 33 records, but they only hit 31. Oh. It fell short. Somebody's, somebody's getting fired. Oh, my goodness. Okay, well, uh, let's go over here to DallasNews.com. 33-year-old man missing from far north Dallas found safe. Well, that's good. Oh, that's I'm good. glad he's yeah. back, but uh, there you go. Another 33. The 33-year-olds are always in trouble. We had the uh, 33-year-old... Um, Glee actress who went missing as well. And this right. was also a 33 year old who went missing, but they found this guy. So that's nice. Yeah. Well, uh, it's interesting. Why, why are all the 33 year olds going missing these days? Actually, it might not be nice. Now that I'm reading the article, Dallas police are seeking the public's help in locating a missing 33 year old man who could be a danger to himself and others. Oh no. Oh, great. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Michael Wayne Allen was last seen on foot about 1 p.m. Tuesday, blah, 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 blah. There we go. Yeah. So, well, at least we got him. So that's good. Yeah. Um, and I have, uh, just to add to this, I found, um, some montages of news reports reporting on 33 cases. This is about a minute montage of news. Yeah. Real quick before we go into that clip montage. Uh, this, this is really weird from the Dallas news. The headline is 33 year old man missing from far North Dallas found safe. And then there's an update. Michael Wayne Allen has been found safe. So it makes you think like, Ooh, he was in danger and we're so glad we found him. But the original post is he's a wanted criminal, basically. <laughs> so, so he's safe guys. Oh, now that we, uh, we're looking yeah. for this guy, he's armed and dangerous and a danger to himself and others. Oh, whew. good. We found him safe. <laughs> well, goes to show the misleading uh, headlines there. Yeah, there you go. Okay, so let's take a listen to this. This is a, a mesh-up of a bunch of news reports with the number 33. At the time of the posting this morning, there were 33 uh, cases that had passed away. In the last 24 hours, out of 2,428 new test results, there were 33 new cases. Last 24 hours, out of 4,017 new test results, there were 33 new cases. We have 1,917 coronavirus cases in Victoria. That's 33 more than yesterday. Are now 33 cases in Louisiana. A total of 33 people in our state have been tested and are confirmed to have the coronavirus. These latest steps is the number of confirmed COVID-19 cases in Rhode Island jumps by 33 overnight. We have 33 confirmed positive cases in Arkansas. Wow. Currently, there are 33 confirmed cases in Arkansas. We've also learned at least 33 people have died from COVID-19 complications. As the coronavirus cases continue to surge in India, the state of lockdown has been extended to 33 states in Union Territory. 21 to 33. 33 new cases of COVID-19 were confirmed overall yesterday. That is 33 new cases from just yesterday. That's a lot of 33s. Wow. That's crazy. 
Yeah, did you put insane. that little montage together? Or did somebody else put that together? Somebody else uh, had a couple, had a few of them, and then I had a, I found another one that had a few of them, so I kind of meshed them up together. Wow! Uh, but yeah, this it's a little out of control, man. That is I don't know strange. What the, that is so weird. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah, That's our well, updates. another 33, we actually had uh, sent in from a producer emailed us. Right. Um, let's see if I have it right in front of me here. Uh, yeah, I got it here. up the email. Do, do, do. Um, well, here it is. Uh, thank you, Elijah, for sending us this. Uh, and it says here, because of CBS Sports NFL insider Jason LaConfora reports that the NFL will be shaving two weeks off this year's preseason. All games that were scheduled to be played in week one and week four of the preseason will be canceled. The decision means that a total of 33 games have now been called off due to the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, there you go. So another 33 and related to coronavirus. So holy yeah. smokes. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's something there. <laughs> okay. okay. Uh, and just as a, for anyone wondering, if you go to, we leave all links in the uh, canary cry news com, and you can get all the resources here, but this is a uh, quodb.com. It just basically pulls up a bunch of movie quotes and it gives you the movie and the timestamp of when it's said, which is kind of nice. Um, mm -hmm. You just type in 33 and a bunch of stuff pulls up uh, five pages worth, at least here. Uh, you got the Godfather part two at three hours, two minutes. You got, I remember you talking about Hitler back in 33 mm. uh, die hard in 1988 at 26 minutes. Uh, okay, 32, construction, 33, computers. Mm. Uh, Man of Steel mm. in 2013, for 33 years we prepared. Uh, pain and Gain in 2013, it just says 33. I don't, I don't know what the context is there. And then <laughs> okay. Iron Man, <laughs> well, you get the point. 33s are point. very common. Yes, I think the, the, that many 33 COVID infections being reported in, you know, a dozen different places around the world is a little stranger, but that's okay. You know, 33 is everywhere. Got to pay attention. Mm, yep. um, okay. We are lagging on time, Gons, and that we alarm are. will sound and it will uh, be yeah. an unpleasant noise. So yes, it will. why don't you uh, bring us into our first story here? We have a new jingle for masks and we have a, we had a few sent in. Okay. Uh, but uh, I thought the, uh, just a clip from The Dark Knight will suffice. If you're working alone, wear a mask. The mask's not for you. It's to protect the people you care about. Oh, there we go. Classic. Just that's, straight up uh, That's tells exactly you. what we're being told. The mask exactly. is not for you. It's for the people you care about. Yeah. This is uh, MSN.com. And this is actually, I think this was uh, published on LA Times originally, but uh, of course, the paywall. So thank you, MSN, for republishing. They actually republish a bunch of articles that have firewalls. Mm. Not firewalls, but uh, paywalls. Yeah. Uh, the title of this article, Masks Offer Much More Protection Against Coronavirus Than Many Think. Ooh, okay. Yeah, yeah, making claims. There's a common refrain that masks don't protect you. They protect other people from your own germs, which is especially important to keep unknowingly infected people from spreading the coronavirus. But now there's mounting evidence that masks also protect you. 
which is completely 100% contradictory to what we're, we've been told here. <laughs> right. If you're unlucky enough to encounter an infectious person wearing a kind or wearing any kind of face covering will reduce the amount of virus that your body will take in. As it turns out, that's pretty important. Breathing in a small amount of virus may lead to no disease or far more mild infection. But inhaling a huge volume of virus particles can result in serious disease or death. So, <laughs> so you can take, you can breathe in a little bit of virus and you may not even get infected or you might have a yeah. mild infection. But oh, if you well, inhale a large amount, <laughs> I don't know what stop, public situation. Stop where you're, breathing in my face, everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know, there's a, we've been, we're not, we're going to talk too much about masks today. We're kind of over that. Uh, well, we've talked about it for many episodes now. But yeah. uh, I was trying to figure out because there is that uh, thing going around where the scientist uh, did some tests where he breathed, coughed, sang, sneezed, did all these things, threw a mask onto a Petri dish to see, you know, what grew. And what he did was he grew bacteria cultures uh, derived from this experiment and right. so to try to show like, hey, look, the bacteria, the mask blocks bacteria. So therefore, the virus is also blocked. Problem is that uh, viruses are exponentially smaller than bacteria. Um, just to give a, a, an idea of what it takes to look at the things like bacteria and viruses. You can actually look at a bacteria through just kind of like your regular school microscope, uh, the kind you might use in science class. But to take pictures of these viruses, they're so much smaller. You have to look, you have to use an electron microscope, which means you yeah. literally have to shoot subatomic particles at these things <laughs> and, and measure them that way and take pictures that way. You can't just see them, not just with your naked eye, you can't even see them with a microscope. So yeah. um, there you go. It's a, it's a so, whole thing. So the, this whole argument about uh, inhaling more huge volume of virus particles can result in death or disease. That's the argument. Dr. Monica Gandhi, UC San Francisco professor of medicine and medical director of the HIV clinic at Zuckerberg, San Francisco general hospital oh. is making, Whoa, careful there Sorry. is I making the wrong lever on my chair and I sunk. I saw you went down. Uh, that's what this uh, this professor or doctor is making about why, if you do become infected with the virus, masking can still protect you from more severe disease. Uh, and here's the quote from her. There is this theory. It's a theory. It's not even proven, apparently. No, that facial course. masking reduces the amount of virus you get exposed to and disease severity, said Gandhi who is also director for the Center for AIDS Research at UC San Francisco. Mm -hmm. The idea of wearing, uh, requiring mask wearing in public has become an increasingly pressing and politicized issue as California and the rest of the nation sees a surge in new cases as the economy reopens. Um, it, uh, there's a part here that I wanted to get to because I thought it was just fantastic. Let me try to find it here as we move along here. It talks about Orange County. Uh, some health experts were appalled by the language. This uh, anti-mask rhetoric is mind-blowing, dangerous, deadly, and polarizing, said Dr. Chin Hong, professor of medicine at an infectious disease specialist 
uh, at UC San Francisco. There's no evidence that it is dangerous. I think they meant the mask is dangerous. Mm. Uh, yeah, that, that's a weird, a weird, weird uh, way to put it. Weird way to put it. Yeah. Uh, Who knows what they're saying? Yes. I'm trying to get to, did I highlight it? Yes, I did. Okay. All right. So it says down here, uh, masks don't filter out all viral particles. Gandhi said, but even cloth face masks filter out a majority of viral particles. And even if a person wearing a mask gets infected, the mask by filtering out most of the viral particles exhaled by the infected person, uh, probably leads, probably leads to less severe disease. Gandhi said, and then it says here, oh, I'm trying to find the spot. Where is it? This is such a long article that I, hold on, I'm going to do a word search because there it is. Finally, a study published in May found that surgical mask partitions significantly reduce the transmission of coronavirus among hamsters. Oh, good. And even if the, even if the hamsters protected by the mask partitions acquired the coronavirus, quote, they were more likely to get very mild disease, Gandhi said. And uh, I actually pulled up the, uh, the, oh, that's not it. What happened to it? Here it is. Uh, the Oxford Academic Clinical Infectious Disease Research paper here. Uh, looks like a lot of it was done in China back in May. It's titled Surgical Mask Partition Reduces the Risk of Non-Contact Transmission in a Golden Syrian Hamster Model for Coronavirus Disease 2019. Golden and, uh, Syrian Hamster Model. The conclusion that they came to is SARS-CoV-2 could be transmitted by respiratory droplets or airborne droplet nuclei in the hamster model. Such transmission could be reduced by surgical mask usage, especially when masks were worn by infected individuals. Hamsters? So, individual hamsters. They put masks on the hamsters? Why don't we give masks <laughs> to the bunnies? Did. We got a bunny <laughs> Ebola plague nobody is talking about. We need to uh, start masking these bunnies. We can yeah. mask hamsters. We can mask the bunnies. Yep. So there you go. That's that's the uh, the gist of this uh, this whole deal of masks. And of course, uh, everyone's saying, "Yeah, put on your mask yeah. because science." Because look at the hamsters. Well, yeah, and of course, there's a bunch of other stores who are now requiring uh, masks. Kroger and Walmart and Sam's Club. Everybody's requiring masks now. There's some. Fun videos of people trying to get into Walmart without masks and being being met with <laughs> extreme force. Yeah. Um, really? What kind of force? But, yeah. Have you not seen that? There's a video no. of a guy trying to get into Walmart uh, without a mask and really makes a fool of himself trying to trying to juke the uh, the people, the 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 vest the vest the security guards or something yeah, not even security guards just regular employees trying pushing them getting all getting all aggro about it um now oh, lots of videos it's fun but better than masks guns i've got something for you and it's it's a it's a little bit of beast fashion and uh i think you got a new jingle you want to show us i do did i pull up the beast fashion i thought i did i mm. thought i moved it in here but maybe i didn't yeah but i, I do have a um you know, when this mask thing, or especially the uh, toilet paper thing first started, I talked about how the movie Bubble Boy was mm -hmm. predictive programming. And there's a scene there from Bubble Boy that I think uh, is going to relate to the story. How's some bubble vato going to help me? <laughs> 
All right, so we're going to go over to Bloomberg.com, and the article is titled Hazmat Suits for Air Travel Are Here. After the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention officially recommended widespread use of face masks to help slow the spread of COVID-19 coronavirus, the minimalist medical mask quickly got reimagined as a fashion accessory. Then, model Naomi Campbell, a famous germophobe, and musician Erica Badu stepped, uh, stepped it up a notch sporting custom hazmat suits for stylish social distancing. Now, with the novel <laughs> coronavirus pandemic, showing no sign of slowing travelers are taking note Yazine Alkaisi says hot hazmats are just the thing to make flying feel safe again Remember, feel safe. Okay. In mm-hmm. mid-April, the co-founder of Visor Technologies, a Toronto-based company specializing in personal protective gear, launched a new product called the BioVisor via crowdfunding site Indiegogo. The $250 futuristic-looking outer layer resembles the top half of an astronaut's uniform with anti-fogging windows and a built-in hospital-grade air purifying device. Paranoid flyers are quick to scoop it up pre ordering about 50,000 suits and raising $400,000 for the nascent company. The first batch is set to be delivered by the end of July. Nobody, not even Al Casey, knows how TSA officials or airline staff will react to the suit, but that hasn't dissuaded such early adopters as Jenny Maxwell. Wow, what an unfortunate name to have right now. The <laughs> uh, Karen, ta- Karen Maxwells are probably the worst off right now. <laughs> Karen Maxwell, yeah, that's a, that's a pretty <laughs> brutal name to have. Uh, a talent manager based in Nashville. The mother of two children aged 10 and 4 had been on the fence about returning this fall to her childhood home of St. Thomas in the U.S. Virgin Islands to see her parents. Quote, I was especially concerned about a four-year-old not being able to keep a mask on for a flight, she says. After learning about BioVisor through an email from Indiegogo, she and her husband decided that being laughed at for looking like Teletubbies would be worth a degree of safety. <laughs> $1,000 later, the family of four feels better prepared to travel. Quote, they give us a lot of peace of mind, says Maxwell, and the kids are excited to wear their space helmets. If nothing else, they will be a strange souvenir of this crazy time. I think that's I think that's probably the most reasonable way to look at this. It's a crazy souvenir, you know, a souvenir yeah. from this crazy time. Put it in the uh, the memory trunk, and later on down the line, your grandchildren can pull it out of a, you know, pull it out of the attic, and be a, they'll either be like, "Whoa, this is crazy," or "Whoa, we all wear these. There is nothing wrong with this." <laughs> look at this uh, old primitive version. Yes. Yes. Look at this ancient version of our now ubiquitous uh, hazmat suit. Al Casey says the suit is an adaptation of his company's first invention, a solar visor meant to provide hands-free shade in desert environments. Quote, when the COVID-19 outbreak happened, we realized that in a perfect world, everyone would have access to a powered air purifying respirator. He says, referring to a respirator device that provides clean, filtered air from a lithium battery operated blower. 
PAPRs provide more protection than a face mask, but aren't as extreme as a full hazmat suit. Ordinarily, taking the form of those of a loose-fitted hood or helmet, they're commonly used by firefighters, medical workers, and people in pharmaceutical and chemical labs. Quote, we've taken a product usually limited to healthcare and industrial settings that's typically priced around $1,800 and adapted it to be accessible to the public, Al Casey says. So there's a... much more to this article just sort of describing the product but i think just looking at a picture you can get the point most modeling is kind of acting like a beast but making a fashion beast but then make a fashion there it is there it is beast fashion so there you go this is the future the future of fashion um, you know what's gonna know, be this... uh hmm. what's that no go ahead oh i, I was gonna say um couple things one uh if you have an itch on your face is that the little holes there in the zipper is that what that's for and doesn't that oh, defeat the purpose yeah. if you have to touch your face you yeah know, that's certainly a problem they did say later on in the uh article that they're going to add like a camelback hydration pouch on the back so you can have like some water inside there and they also said they're going to add a flap so you can use a stethoscope. I guess that's <laughs> specifically for healthcare workers, but it was an interesting detail anyways. Yeah. The other part is um, your farewells and your greetings off of uh, your airplanes are going to be a lot less um, intimate. Yeah. You know, no kissing. Two people. No kissing and the hugs are going to be weird. <laughs> All rubbery. Anyway, rubbery and yeah. How are they going to take care of the, uh, I would imagine that the, like the insides of this stuff is going to be pretty gross, you know, like yeah. if you're going to wear it all around for hours at a time, it's probably yeah, just probably. not the, uh, you know, I meant to, uh, have a mask ready cause I have my oximeter here. Last episode I mentioned, uh, Dame Island girl sent me this oximeter. So I have this and, uh, you know, I was trying to measure my oxygen levels with a mask. I personally wasn't having an issue, not to say nobody else would, but I wanted to do it live on the air here, but I don't know if I actually, if my mask made it, uh, to my desk. So I might look around a little bit while you okay. check out this next uh, article. All right, we're going to do a couple COVID vaccine articles here. Okay, let's hear it. COVID. Vaccine. This is from Reuters and, uh, of course, republished on news.yahoo.com. Wall Street climbs on vaccine bets. Goldman results. Mm. And it says here, U.S. stocks climbed on Wednesday with the S&P 500 approaching its highest level in more than four months after promising early data for the potential COVID-19 vaccine and a strong quarterly report from Goldman Sachs. Moderna Inc. surged 9.2% after a small-scale study showed its experimental COVID-19 vaccine produced high levels of virus-killing antibodies. Travel-related stocks, Carnival Corp, Royal Caribbean Cruises LTD, Marriott International, and Wynn Resorts rose between 7% and 20%, with the S&P 1500 Airlines Index up 10%. 
Uh, it, it just gives you more stock stuff here, but uh, it says adding to investors is enthusiasm. The federal reserves beige book survey showed us businesses saw an uptick in activity into the beginning of July as States eased restrictions to contain the novel coronavirus pandemic, but that many were uncertain about the economic outlook. However, the U S has failed to control the coronavirus and there's a high level of uncertainty over how much the pandemic will affect the economy. Philadelphia Federal Reserve Bank President Patrick Harker said, as a number of U.S. Sunbelt states report a surge in COVID-19 cases recently, uh, the three main U.S. stock indexes have recouped most of their losses from the coronavirus-led slump with a raft of stimulus measures and encouraging economic data lifting the S&P 500 to about 5% below its record high hit in February. And I, th- I think the main takeaway and the point here is that uh, Wall Street is getting rich from these vaccines. <laughs> yeah, and well, whether they the work thing. or we not, gotta, we got to figure out which company is going to come out with the with the first vaccine because uh, that would be a, a good stock tip if we could figure out that company ahead of time. And, well, uh, they mentioned but the Moderna, per- but we we already missed mm-hmm. the nine point two percent surge today. Yeah, well, uh, the problem also is that uh, all these vaccines have been prepaid for so most of the money at least on uh, the first round of vaccines they've already been purchased Uh, so i'm sure that's where a little bump came from uh, when the news about that came out um so yeah there we go we'll keep an eye out again we're not very good at stock tips but if we can figure out which (laughs) company is going to get the the biggest vaccine uh, uh contract then we might be able to make a buck all right, yes. so I've got this thingy on here. I'm I'm setting a uh, the control level. I kind of tend to float around. So this number up here is your oxygen saturation. I kind of tend to float between 96 and 98 normally in general. I think what's, it might. What's the normal range? What? What's like standard range for? I think a hundred percent is the best. Oh, <laughs> I think so it's like a hundred. You're lacking some air. I do. I generally kind of lack some oxygen, but I kind of float around ninety-seven usually. And I was curious because I did this test uh, when I was just alone and I wasn't talking, and I realized that you know I need to test it while I'm doing the show because I'm talking so much and breathing heavily from reading about (laughs) flippy uh but so here we go i got my mask off right now and i'm sitting i'm kind of fluctuating between 98 and 96 seems like uh, when i'm breathing to talk i i'll kind of stay at 98 so we're gonna do a test i'm gonna let it sit here for a little bit longer uh without the mask on just so we can continue to take the control uh control levels here And then uh, I will put the mask on in a little bit and we'll see if it has an effect. So there we go. I'm holding this up. I'll take it down in a second, but it keeps going back from 98 and 97 right now. All right. So in the meantime, let's uh, check out this other Wacchine update. We're taking things that are genetically modified organisms and we're injecting them in little kids' arms. We just shoot them right into the vein, right into the vein. 
Right into the vein. Right into the vein. Here we go. Another finance.yahoo.com. The article is titled, Bill and Melinda Gates Lobby U.S. Congress for Tougher Virus Action. Um, This we already know, but there's some interesting little tidbits in here that uh, are worth taking note of as we continue uh, to pay attention and analyze how things are being uh, expressed here in mainstream outlets. The article reads, the $46 billion Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation is pushing the U.S. Congress for tougher action to stop the spread of coronavirus to counter what its founders see as an anti-science stance by the Trump administration. Speaking to the Financial Times, Melinda Gates, who leads the foundation with her husband, Microsoft founder Bill Gates, said she was deeply disappointed by the stance of President Trump over COVID-19 and anticipated repercussions in the coming election. Quote, I think you'll see the American people speak in the fall, she said, warning that, quote, the populace needs to speak out against any leader that's not using the tools and data available to fight COVID-19. Her comments came as the Gates Foundation released a white paper racist highlighting highlighting the (laughs) pernicious impact of COVID-19 on women as well as other areas of inequality. The pair have refrained from becoming directly involved in partisan American politics to date. Okay. Preferring to focus on apolitical health issues and the developing world. Uh, Quote, we are a bipartisan couple, said Mrs. Gates. We have worked Mm. incredibly effectively, incredibly effectively with Bush with the Bush administration and uh, the Obama administration. They had. mm. Yes, I'm just saying. Wow. So amazing. Bush and Obama. (laughs) (laughs) They had been prompted to speak out. Because they believe the Trump administration, quote, isn't the right leadership right now for the country. The couple have not yet decided whether to use their largesse to back candidates in the 2020 presidential race. Quote, Bill and I are having many, many, many conversations by phone with members of the Hill, Senate and House, she said about how to advance science-based, evidence-based policies on COVID-19. Quote, We know right now our only tools are testing, contact tracing, quarantine, and masks. Any leader that's not using the tools and and data available, the populace needs to speak out against. Uh, She praised Anthony Fauci, the embattled White House medical advisor, and his colleague Deborah Burks, who interestingly enough have uh, alternating views on what should be done, but uh, that's besides the point. As the only figures in the White House who understood the severity of the pandemic and deplored the political pressure from Mr. Trump on the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Quote, why don't we have good national testing and quarantine and response plan? It's because of what happened at the CDC, said Mrs. Gates. Interesting how they don't go into detail there. They they just quote her as saying it's because of what happened at the CDC. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> she also decried Mr. Trump's decision to withdraw from the World Health Organization, for which the Gates are the second largest donor. Mm. Quote: Nobody can make up for the U.S. government funding. Hmm. 
except for you, maybe? Luckily, it takes over a year to pull out of the WHO. We're having an election in the fall in the U.S., so we'll wait to see what happens after that. That was an interesting point that I was not aware of. Um, She's claiming here that uh, even stating that you're going to pull out, it takes a year to actually uh, have that be the the practical case. So yeah, with Trump pulling out, uh, that could all change in in the election. Which of course, a lot of things will change in the election um, if, if Trump does not get reelected. Uh, yeah. The article continues: the Gates Foundation is among the organizations pouring funds into the search for a COVID nineteen vaccine. Mrs. Gates said she believed there was only a very low chance of finding a vaccine this year. Quote. Hopefully we'll have one in the first of ha- uh, the first half of next year. She said we have to make sure that it's equitably distrib- distributed. The first people that need to get this vaccine are healthcare workers. Guess what? Seventy percent of the healthcare workers are women, so they should get it first. And then the most vulnerable populations, country by country. She said that's interesting. Seventy percent of healthcare workers are women. I wonder, I, I, I think guess it's I've, supposed to be, it's, it's a, it's an attempt to, uh, uh, you know, this whole thing is sort of an anti-Trump flavor to it. Oh, so I think he's trying, she's trying to be like, Oh, see, Trump hates women too. Yeah. And yeah, right. Be, well, yeah, of course. Um, but yeah, that's interesting. I've not looked at the numbers, uh, for that, but that, that is quite the majority if 70% of healthcare care workers are women, especially since the, the sort of, I don't know, cultural, uh, idea of the healthcare industry is that there's too many men doctors. We need more women doctors. Um, of course, this probably includes nurses and radiologists and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So right. continuing, though, just to finish out the article, uh, quote, this pandemic is exposing the cracks in society and the gaps. Our economies are built on the backs of women's labor. So we finish it out there. Um you know, making it all about uh, issues of gender. Gender. If it's not gender, it's race. You know, I don't understand why she's pushing the whole, uh, we'll have a vaccine the first half of next year. And uh-huh. um, of course, you know, the, we, there's a lot of reports of recently of, uh, you know, 30,000 people trials going out there. Uh, they're already, you know, testing vaccines on people. So, it's just there's no consistency whatsoever uh, for you know a group of people saying science is truth. There's no consistency whatsoever in the messaging coming from all these different uh, science leaders right. from type the people. WHO, the CDC, and then you've got the media having entirely different claims, and then of course uh, the Gates having their own opinion here. So after reading that art, that article, I was at uh, 96. Looks like I'm still at 96, uh, 97, kind of fluctuating there. Ooh, fell down to 95. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, this is not looking good. Oh, losing 94. air. Oh, no, oh, no. I'm losing oxygen as I speak here. That's what I get for talking so much. Um, so I'm going to put on my mask here, and uh, we'll continue the show and check in after the next article I read. New jingle. We are in deep fake. We are in deep fake, not deep. That's a good one. I like that. This is from Reuters. Deep fake used to attack activist couple shows new disinformation frontier. Uh Uh-huh. Oliver Taylor, a student at England's University of Birmingham, is a 20-something with brown eyes, light stubble, and a slightly stiff smile. 
a combination photograph showing uh, this is uh, just the uh, commentary on the image of the, the picture here and you can see the heat map on the face and it'll get into what that's all about here online profiles describe him as a coffee lover and politics junkie who was raised in a traditional jewish home his half dozen freelance editorials and blog posts reveal an active interest in anti-semitism and jewish affairs with bylines in the jerusalem post and the times of israel the catch Oliver Taylor seems to be an elaborate fiction. His university says it has no record of him. He has no obvious online footprint beyond an account on the question and answer site Quora, where he was active for two days in March. Two newspapers that published his work say they have tried and failed to confirm his identity. And experts in decept deceptive imagery use, uh, used state-of-the-art forensics analysis programs to determine that Taylor's profile photo is a hyper-realistic forgery, a Whoa. deep fake. Who is behind Taylor isn't known by Reuters. Calls to the UK phone number he supplied to editors drew an automated error message, and he didn't respond to messages left at the Gmail address he used for correspondence. Ah, interesting. Reuters was alerted to Taylor by London academic Mazen Mazri, who drew international attention in late 2018 when he helped launch an Israeli lawsuit against the surveillance company NSO on behalf of an alleged Mexican victim of the company's phone hacking technology. In an article in U.S. Jewish newspaper The Algeminer, uh, Taylor had accused Masri and his wife, Palestinian rights campaigner Rika Barnard, of being, quote, known terrorist sympathizers. Masri and Barnard were taken aback by the allegation, which they deny, but they were also baffled as to why a, un a university student would single them out. Masri said he pulled up Taylor's profile photo. He couldn't put his finger on it, he said, but something about the young man's face, quote, seemed off. Six experts interviewed by Reuters say the image has the characteristics of a deep fake, quote, the distortion and inconsistencies in the background are a telltale sign of a synthesized image, as are a few glitches around his neck and collar, said digital image forensics pioneer Hani Farid, who teaches at the University of California, Berkeley. Artist Mario Klingemann, who regularly uses deep fakes in his work, said the photo, quote, has all the hallmarks. I'm 100% sure, he said. Um, and there's a picture there, a ventriloquist's dummy. The Taylor persona is rare in the wild example of a phenomenon that has emerged as a key anxiety of the digital age, the marriage of deep fakes and deep and disinformation. The threat is drawing increasing concern in Washington and Silicon Valley. Last year, House Intelligence Committee Chairman Adam Schiff warned that computer-generated video, quote, could turn a world leader into a ventriloquist's dummy. Last month, Facebook announced the conclusion of its deepfake detection challenge, a competition intended to help researchers automatically identify falsified footage. Last week, online publication The Daily Beast revealed a network of, of uh, deepfake journalists, part of a larger group of bogus personas seeding propaganda online. Deepfakes, like Taylor, are dangerous because they can help build, quote, a totally untraceable identity, said Dan Brahmi, whose Israeli-based uh, Israel company Sayabra uh, specializes in detecting such images. Sayabra, 
it's like a surfer. Brahmi yeah. said investigators chasing the origin of such photos are left, quote, searching for a needle in a haystack, except the needle doesn't exist. Taylor appears to have had no online presence until he started writing articles in late December. The University of Birmingham said in a statement it could not find, quote, any record of this individual using these details. Editors at the Jerusalem Post and the Algeminer say they published Taylor after he pitched them stories over uh, stories cold over email. He didn't ask for payment, they said, and they didn't take aggressive steps to vet his identity. Quote, we're not a counterintelligence operation, Algeminer <laughs> editor-in-chief David Efoun said, although he noted that the paper had introduced new safeguards since. After Reuters began asking about Taylor, the Algeminer and the Times of Israel deleted his work. Taylor emailed both papers protesting the removal, but Times of Israel opinion editor Miram uh, Herschlag said she rebuffed him after he failed to prove his identity. Ifun said he didn't respond to Taylor's messages. The Jerusalem Post and Aratz Shiva have kept Taylor's articles online, although the latter removed the, quote, terrorist sympathizers reference following a complaint from Masri and Barnard. The Post's editor-in-chief, Yaakov Katz, didn't respond when asked whether Taylor's work would stay up. Arutz Shiva editor Yoni Kempinski said only that, quote, in many cases, news outlets use pseudonyms to byline opinion articles. Uh, Kempinski declined to elaborate or say whether he considered Taylor, Taylor a pseudonym. Oliver Taylor's articles drew minimal engagement on social media, but the Times of Israel's Herschlag said they were still dangerous, not only because they could distort the public discourse, but also because they risked making people in their position less willing to take chances on unknown writers. Quote, absolutely, we need to screen out imposters and up our defenses, she said, but I don't want to set up these barriers that prevent new voices from being heard. Interesting. And you know, I think the biggest thing here, not just the the deep fakes are obviously troubling, but that part about vetting is where this is headed. You know, the, the biometrics, all, all this uh, identifiable information that you that proves that you are you in the digital age. That's, I think, the more troubling or uh, alarming aspect of this. Uh, of course, the deep fake part of it is is troubling, too. But, um, yeah, that's that's kind of my takeaway from. Yeah, this, that's uh, interesting. Article. And the it's interesting. I, I'm I want to know what you know calls him an activist, and that he was sending articles to places like the Jerusalem Post, uh, but they don't really mention a lot about the content of the articles he was writing. So they don't mention you know what kind of activist he was or what uh, you know. I think he's like an anti-Palestinian. The, uh, uh, was that? Yeah. Did, did yeah, you look so up like, any of his articles or anything? I didn't do that, but I, I think it mentioned something like that in the article somewhere. Um, huh. uh, yeah, he I was, was trying to scan through it. Didn't, I couldn't quite, you know, find a hard line on what exactly he was in the ways of activism. Um, maybe I missed it though, but I did look through, but yeah, that is interesting. Maybe we should try to look up some of his articles one of these days, but there you go. I mean, this is a, this is the deep fake in, uh, you know, in action, which is interesting because it seems like, uh, you know, as an individual, 
he's not necessarily a very unique looking guy uh, as far as the deep fake is concerned. What what would be the purpose necessarily of doing a deep fake versus just using somebody else's picture? I mean, if both are going to be, uh, you know, discovered as fakers, then what's even the point, I guess. But, you know, we've been warning about deep fakes taking over the internet for a long time. And of course, everybody should be worried about deep fakes as far as, you know, the videos you watch and the, especially when it comes to sensational uh, videos and stories. But yeah, to this is, talk about uh, online anonymity. Maybe I need to get myself a deep fake here. This looks like... Uh... Tom from MySpace just reminds he me. He does of Tom. look like Tom. He looks exactly yeah. like Tom. Yeah, maybe maybe mm-hmm. Tom was digitized by the Israeli intelligence or something. Yeah, who knows? Very interesting. Well, I think we should look into this guy. See see the types of stuff that he was writing, and maybe talk about him on another show. Uh, just a little update here. I got my oximeter with the mask on. Now I haven't been reading or talking very much. I did fall to 95 right there. I'm at 95% right now, which I did hit with the mask off. But uh, so, you know, no no, uh, very intense data points right now. But let me try to read this story. We're going to go into a break here in a second. But I found a story I think is worth just getting. putting out there uh nothing new but it'll help me uh test my test my oxygen level but it should be interesting this is westernjournal.com and the article's titled newsom shuts down california churches indefinitely wow. you had you have your yeah you have your three-day lockdown gones that you're under right now but uh they knew enough to shut down the state for three days but uh, cancel church indefinitely. The article reads, the California Department of Health clarified Tuesday that indoor religious services in the state have been suspended indefinitely. Over four months after California initially instituted a lockdown on March 19th, the state issued a new order on Monday that rolled back reopening plans. The guidance mandates that restaurants, bars, churches, fitness centers, hair salons, and barbershops must be closed in 30 of the hardest hit counties in California, quote, we're going back into modification mode of our original stay home order, Democratic Governor Gavin Newsom said, according to the New York Times, quote, this continues to be a deadly disease. The DCNF pressed both the governor's office and the California Department of Health on when Californians may attend indoor religious services again and what punishments Californians face if they do attempt to attend banned services. Oh, yikes. Newsom's office referred the DCNF to the California Department of Health. CDPH referred to the DCNF to a news release on the matter, noting that the order went into effect immediately and that it will remain in uh, effect indefinitely until the state public health officer decides to lift it. CDPH did not provide an end date. CDPH would not directly address what punishments Californians might face if they continue to gather for indoor religious services. Quote, the governor has consistently said that asking people to do the right thing is the most powerful enforcement tool we have, spokeswoman Ali Bay told DCNF. Quote, we all have a shared responsibility to do the right thing to not only protect ourselves, but those around us. This is a statewide. This is a statewide requirement and flows from the same legal authority as all of the other state orders. She added. 
Californians have done incredible work. This is a quote uh, following those orders, saving lives in the process. We expect that will continue to be the case. Yeah, I guess, except for your state has one of the highest new COVID uh, case numbers <laughs> in the country. But OK, the new guidelines come after months of outrage from Californians who have been prevented from attending religious services. The Department of Justice intervened, intervened in May, warning the governor that California's reopening plan discriminates against houses of worship. Quote, simply put, there is no pandemic exception to the U.S. Constitution and its Bill of Rights, Eric S. Dryband, the head of the Justice Department Civil Rights Division, said in May. Dryband also reminded Newsom that Attorney General William Barr recently issued a statement in which Barr emphasized that, quote, even in times of emergency, federal statutory law prohibits discrimination against religious institutions and religious believers. Quote, government may not impose special restrictions on religious activity that do not also apply to similar non-religious religious activity, Barr said. Quote, for example, if a government allows movie theaters, restaurants, concert halls, and other comparable places of assembly to remain open and unrestricted, it may not order houses of worship to close, limit in their congregation size, or otherwise impede religious gatherings. The Justice Department did not immediately respond to a request for comment from DCNF. So there you go. Uh, the the uh, calif- it's not no surprise that uh, California is shutting down indoor, specifically indoor religious services. But uh, there you go. Maybe you just got to go have church in the park or something. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but while we're on it, oh, look at that. After reading that article, my uh, oximeter does read 94 and 93. So I did get a point or two below my uh, non-mask wearing uh, oximeter level. And that did just fluctuate fluctuate up to 95. So we did get one point of uh, one point down, 1% down of oxygen while reading that uh, article there. But I got to say, it is really uncomfortable. I'm going to take my mask off now because it is hard to breathe and read and do a show. So that's what I do for you folks. Boots <laughs> on the ground. Making the sacrifices. Oh, whew, that's nice. Fresh air. Okay, we'll see. Uh, we'll take one more reading uh, with the mask off to see if it goes up. I'm currently still at 94. We'll see how that changes. All right, okay. Gons, what do you think? Let's, let's do the break. Okay, time to take a little break. It's break. That's right. We're just going to take a quick little break, everybody. Don't go anywhere, though, because after the break, we, uh, we've got a very interesting story on the decline of human population uh, going on right now and where that may lead us in uh, the year 2100, which sounds pretty far off, Gons, but with all the, the craziness uh, promising that we can extend our human lives, we might actually be alive in uh, 2100, which is pretty uh, crazy might, to think you, about. You might be alive. What? You might be alive. I'll... Uh... <laughs> I'll go home. 
<laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, then we're going to be talking about uh, Soros. Soros has got some pretty interesting things going on and some regulations uh, uh, surrounding investors like Soros. So we got some money, money, money. We're going to be talking about uh, Nick Cannon and some unfortunate uh, statements that he made on a podcast. If you remember, Nick Cannon is uh, a celebrity, but he hosted a meeting for the Black Lives Matter Black Militia Group uh, that we spoke about on the last episode. So we'll kind of get some thinking of what's going on with this guy. And let's see, some more money stuff. Oh, and the coins shortage. So a lot of interesting stuff after the break. Don't go anywhere, anybody, because there's more show. But we want to take the opportunity right now to thank some of our uh, Twitch followers. And so, Gons, you got the you got your dinger dinged here, buddy? It's ready. Oh, my gosh. We've got some funny uh, names uh, following us on Twitch during the show. We'll see that in a second. So first of all, let's start off and thank Savage Juice Box. Thank you very much for following us on Twitch. Then we have Karen Maxwell, 2020. (laughs) (laughs) I I do like the live thing because people are on top of it. Uh, Trollger69. Oh, boy. Watch out for the Trollger. Uh, Isaiah4214. William Steele. Oh, we got William Steele, notorious jewel thief. He will and steal. Friend, yes, and friend of Ghislaine Maxwell. Uh, Arnie W27. Oh my gosh. You, I just registered what you said, and that makes so much sense. Will steal. <laughs> will steal yeah. the jewel thief. Wow. Okay. Moving on. Mischievous Chase. Sweet D572. Lily of the Valley. Defend your soul. And uh, we got KS, uh, K Spielman. E Torres, 73. Keen Peachy Zero. There we go. I think that's all of our new Twitch followers. I can't remember if we thanked this person before, but uh, the very next person on the list is Conspiracies Do Exist. So thank you all for following us on Twitch. It helps us out quite a bit. Uh, As you know, uh, our YouTube channels have been demonetized and videos taken down, streams interrupted. Um, So if you haven't done it yet, go follow us at twitch.tv slash canarycryradio. If nothing else, then just for a, a backup uh, backup stream uh, in case YouTube decides to cut the cord. Um, Gons, I also want to take the opportunity on this break to plug the Canary Cry Radio Plex server. Have you oh, okay. uh, you heard about this? You heard about this? I heard yeah. about it. I, got I haven't. The, uh, I got the go ahead. Yeah. Okay. So. Uh, over on canarycry.community, which is a real URL, canarycry.community, that's our uh, off Facebook uh, social media platform made just for Canary Cry radio listeners. If you haven't done it yet, you should go to canarycry.community, join up. Uh, you can't use your Facebook account. Sorry, you got to make a whole new account. Um, but it's a great spot. There's a, a close to a couple thousand uh, Canary Cry Radio listeners over there and um, all sorts of good conversations going on from meme lists, lots of meme sharing all the way down to prayer requests and uh, thread.
threads, uh, exploring deeper into a lot of the issues that we talk about here on the show, as well as listeners just getting to know each other, meeting each other in real life, making friends. It's a great place if you're a Canary Cry radio listener to meet others just like you. Uh, It's not all sunshine and unicorns over there. You know, people still have uh, uh, disagreements and discussions, but for the most part, everybody gets along and uh, people are of the same mind. So that's great. Now, I got us to now back to the the topic at hand, the Canary Cry Radio Plex server. Uh, Gons, you and I did not do the work to put this together, but a listener over on Canary Cry uh, community named John uh, did it for us. And well, Basically, Plex is a service. It's a video hosting service uh, where you can put together collections of videos um, and they're hosted on Plex. So you're not having to patronize YouTube or anything like that. And there's a you're able to put on some stuff that would normally, you know, get taken down for whatever censorship reasons. Um, But John over there put together a great server filled with Canary Cry radio related material. A good place to, to, you know, binge watch some things, not just, uh, you know, kind of the conspiracy theory videos or or weird stuff that you might be interested in, but they also have, they put up robot jocks there. There's a Basil playlist apparently. Yes. And my, one of my (laughs) favorite movies, robot jocks, an old eighties movie, uh, about, uh, you know, geopolitics and giant robots, uh, that's up there. So if you've always wanted to watch my favorite movie, you can get it on the Plex server. Um, now here's the thing. It's not, it's not as simple as just going to a link. Uh, there's a couple of steps you got to take to get into the Canary Cry Radio Plex server. And, uh, I will recommend if you want to do that, if you want to check it out, go to Canary Cry community, Canary Cry dot community. It's a real URL and, uh, join up. And there is a thread on the forum. You can just use the search function and search for Canary Cry Radio Plex server. He's got uh, a step-by-step how-to uh, into gaining access to the Plex server, and uh, it's a bunch of great Canary Cry Radio curated by uh, listeners of the show, producers, if I will. Um, you know, so there you go. I recommend everybody check it out. Uh, it's pretty cool. I personally have not spent a whole lot of time on there. I'm not a hundred percent aware of everything on there, um, but it was a listener who wanted to uh, do his part for the community of Canary Cry Radio listeners. So I recommend everybody do that again. The instructions are go to canarycryradio.community, join the community, and then uh, look for the thread. Um, You can use the search terms Plex server, Canary Cry Radio Plex server, and there's a step-by-step in how to gain access to uh, this very special, cool uh, infrastructure, the Canary Cry infrastructure that uh, was put together by listeners and producers of the show. So cool. Very cool. Yep. And I have, yeah. I've had the uh, instructions up on the screen there. So, uh, yeah, on good. Oh, good. community. Yeah. Cool. 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 Okay. Cool. There we go, everybody. Um, uh, what do you think? Gon's ready to wake up. You know, I was thinking because we're going to be short on time, should we just thank the, uh, producers now? Yeah. We might not have time to really go through yeah. that. And there's not Let's a whole lot of so people we... to thank. Yeah, let's do that so we don't have to take another break. Okay, I like that idea. 
Okay, so here's what we like to do, people. Uh, We are on the value for value model. That's what we do here. We do not rely on advertising dollars. We don't believe in gaining your trust and your attention and then turning around and selling it to advertisers. Uh, We don't believe in turning our listeners into products that we sell to companies. And if that sounds extreme, it's not. That's exactly what advertising is. And it's very difficult to find uh, consistent quality uh, content on the internet right now that is not uh, sort of absorbed into the advertising model. And it is a struggle, but we made the commitment a long time ago that uh, we didn't want to be part of that world economic system that, you know, turns people into products and uh, prioritizes corporations and and puts us as the, uh, you know, the people doing it at risk of, you know, the temptation of tailoring our message and our content and our language to corporate interests, because that's exactly what happens. I mean, uh, if you are reliant on corporations to pay you advertising dollars, there's a big temptation to uh, adjust your content so you don't lose those advertising dollars. That's not how we work, though. The way we work here is we put out the content, we do it consistently, and we like to think we do a good job at it. And then it's your job, it's your opportunity, rather, to put value back into the system. We literally could not keep doing this show if it weren't for our producers. And that's what you are. You're not donors. You're not just listeners. You're not just... Just, uh, you know, uh, generous people, although you are, but just like the real world, if you give money to uh, a program to produce uh, content, you are a producer of the show. So we want to thank some producers today, Gons. And uh, first of all, we're going to start over on patreon.com slash CCNT. For Canary Cry News Talk, that's patreon.com slash ccnt. And uh, we have two, I believe, new producers this week. Let me just reload the page, make sure nobody else came in during the show. And gongs, you got your gongs, gongsers? (laughs) Did you just call me gong? Gong, yeah. (laughs) What are you going to do? It's ready. Okay. Uh, I want to thank first our new producer, Paul. Thank you, Paul. You're the man, Paul. And uh, our second producer for Canary Cry News Talk is TK. TK, coming in coming in yesterday, TK. Thank you very much. Um, and we also have Canary, uh, patreon.com slash canarycryradio. Uh, patreon.com slash canarycryradio. And we have a new producer named Jordan. Thank you very much, Jordan. You guys are the best. Um, actually, I think you, we might have missed one. Oh, nope, that's a deletion. Whoops, never mind. Uh, so there you go. Thank you very much. Those are the Patreon accounts that you can become a producer at, patreon.com slash ccnt and patreon.com slash canarycryradio. And thank you, Paul, TK, and Jordan. But if you don't like Patreon, we get it. A lot of people don't like Patreon. Totally cool. Uh, that's why we have canarycryradio.com slash support. Canary. Cryradio.com slash support. That's right. That's right. If you don't like Patreon, you can head to uh, canarycryradio.com slash support. We've got PayPal options 
options for monthly uh, support or uh, if commitment's not your thing, you can make a one-time donation as well. One-time support Um, as well as some cryptocurrency options. Gons, who do we got over there on the PayPal? The PayPal, we have, I, I don't remember if we mentioned him in the last one, the new recurring producer, Leek. Leek. Did we mention Leek? I don't remember, but if if we did, then he gets, uh, they get two. Yes, and then we also have a new producer, Juan. 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 Thank you very that. much, Juan. And he mentioned, God bless you guys. Don't let them take your joy. Yay. We will not let them take our joy. So don't those are it. the two uh, new uh, producers of okay. Cry Radio through PayPal. Thank you very much. So there you go, folks. Those are the produce, the new producers that have joined the team here at Canary Cry Radio. If you also want to join the uh, team of producers, you can head to patreon.com slash ccnt or canarycryradio.com slash support. Canarycryradio.com slash support. That's right. Let's see. My oxygen level is still at 96 and I have no mask on. I just am not good at oxygen when I'm doing the show, apparently. (laughs) Um, Okay, let's jump right into it, Gons. Let's get this first one. I want to read you this story from the BBC. Yes, it's wake up time. Hey, y'all, wake up. Before you do, before you jump in, uh, that tweet by Elon Musk is deleted. It's gone. Ah. which means he got to it. But the Bitcoin address now has 12.85 Bitcoin, wow. which is $118,000. There you go. Not, Come a bad, on, people. not a bad day's work. Jeez, oh, <laughs> that makes me angry. Yeah. A lot of money to scam, you know, even yeah. if it's, even if it is, uh, uh, it looks like, what is it? 6.65 Bitcoin have sent out from this address. And I think they're they're trying to split it up into a whole bunch of different addresses to make it harder to track yep. that Bitcoin. But that's uh, how they do it. Very high profile scam. It is. Um, so I'm. I was sure, going to say that's. Uh, yeah, I'm you know, sure there have to are be some really... blockchain forensics teams out there as we speak trying to track down this individual. Yeah, yeah. The chain analysis being one of the big ones. But okay, yes, we have a uh, an update that is uh, eugenics related. We should invite fewer people to be born. And it's working. There you go. This is BBC.com. The article is titled Fertility Rate, Jaw-Dropping Global Crash in Children Being Born. Very interesting. The article reads, the world is ill-prepared for the global crash in children being born, which is set to have a jaw-dropping impact on societies, research, uh, say researchers. Falling fertility rates mean nearly every country could have shrieking, shrinking populations by the end of the century. Maybe also shrieking. Uh, and 23 nations, including Spain and Japan, are expected to see their populations have by 2100 have the population my peoples are are going away i know i'm I'm, I'm becoming a rare breed countries will also age dramatically with as many people turning 80 as there are being born what's going on the fertility rate the average number of children a woman gives birth to is falling uh, that that was actually important for me because when i see fertility rate i think of like a biological issue 
you know, like the, you know, the fluoride or something is affecting fertility rates. But uh, fertility rate in the context of this article means the average number of children a woman gives uh, birth to, uh, which is falling. If the number falls below approximately 2.1, then the size of the population starts to fall. In 1950, women were having an average of 4.7 children in their lifetime. Researchers at the University of Washington's Institute for Health Metrics and Evaluation showed the global fertility rate nearly halved to 2.4 in 2017. And their study, published in The Lancet, project, uh, projects it will fall below 1.7 by 2100. As a result, the researchers expect the number of people on the planet to peak at 9.7 billion around 2064 before falling down to 8.8 billion by the end of the century. Quote, that's a pretty Whoa. big thing. Yeah. So losing uh, what <laughs> Almost is Almost a billion. A billion people over In 20, 40 uh, years. 36 years. Um, that's a pretty big thing. Most of the world's transitioning into natural population decline. Researcher Professor Christopher Murray told the BBC, quote, I think it's incredibly hard to think this through and recognize how big a thing this is. It's extraordinary. We'll have to reorganize societies. Why yeah. are fertility rate? Yes, we must reorganize societies. <laughs> rear, rear. Uh, instead of it, uh, why are fertility fit rates falling? It has nothing to do with sperm counts or the usual things that come to mind when discussing fertility. Instead, it is being driven by more women in education and work, uh, as well as greater access to contraception, leading to women choosing to have fewer children. In many ways, falling fertility rates are a success story. Hmm. Quote, which countries will be most affected? Japan's population is projected. This is you, Gons. Japan's population is projected to fall from a peak of 128 million in 2017 to less than 53 million by the end of the century. That's crazy. That's losing almost 75 percent. Yeah. In 36 years. Wow. Um, well, no, I guess they're taking that from 2017. So Italy is expected to see an equally dramatic population crash from 61 million to 28 million over the same time frame. Italy's population is going to have mainly because of uh, children not being born. Which countries will be most affected? Oh, I just read that. They, uh, they are two of 23 countries, which also includes Spain, Portugal, Thailand, and South Korea, expected to see their population more than have. That is jaw-dropping, Professor Christopher Murray told me. China, currently the most populous nation in the world, is expected to peak at 1.4 billion in four years' time before nearly halving to 732 million by 2100. India will take its place. The UK is predicted to peak at 75 million in 2063 and fall to 71 million by 2100. Then they have this graph here, Gons, if you want to make sure to show that to the people. And the graph is titled How Populations of Selected Countries Might Change. Um, and it shows China will have uh, by 2100. India will mm -hmm. lose about a quarter. Nigeria will actually increase exponentially. Triple. Yeah. Yeah. And then the USA actually looks like it's going to be about the same, actually a tiny bit of an increase um, yeah. in population by the end of the century. Um, 
And then the article continues, however, this will be a truly global issue with 183 out of 195 countries having a fertility rate below the replacement level. USA not being one of those. Interesting. So in the context of what they're talking about, how there, there will need to be a restructuring of society uh, to you know help this population decline, apparently the society in the U.S., is uh doesn't need to be restructured because our population is actually going to grow a little bit why is this a problem you might think this is great for the environment <laughs> i love the assumptions of the worldview <laughs> of their reader here yeah, at yeah. bbc.com you might think that less humans is great for the environment a smaller population would reduce carbon emissions as well as a def- as deforestation for farmland quote that will be true except for the inverted age structure more old people than young people and all the uniformly negative consequences of an inverted age structure says professor murray the number of under fives people under five year olds uh, will fall from 681 million in 2017 to 401 million in 2100 that's about a third decrease 33 oh, look at this the next number is crazy sorry the number ahead, of yeah. over 80 year olds will soar from 141 million in 2017 to 866 million in 2100 wow <laughs> it's like a 7x uh, i think it's like a four four or five x four x five a little something like that professor murray adds quote it will create enormous social change it makes me worried because i have an eight-year-old daughter and i wonder what the world will be like who pays taxes in a massively aged world who pays for health care for the elderly who looks after the elderly will people still be able to retire from work we need a soft landing uh, no, people won't be able to retire from work. They'll have to work uh, from their homes in VR goggles, controlling an avatar in a factory somewhere. Called it. Uh, are there any solutions? You know what? They go into the solutions. It's kind of the least interesting uh, part of the article. And for time's sake, I'm going to skip it. Basically, just creating government uh, incentives to have more children is the idea. But then it says, mm-hmm. what about Africa? The population of sub-Saharan Africa is expected to treble in size to more than 3 billion people by 2100. Now, this is weird. It does say treble, like a treble class, the, yeah. mus- the musical yeah. uh, notation. But uh, I actually had to look it up. Apparently, treble, it does mean triple. Like one of the definitions yeah. of treble is to triple. I, why didn't he just say triple or they, whoever wrote this? I don't know. Just just some BBC shenanigans. And the study says Nigeria will become the world's second biggest country with a population of 791 million. That's crazy. Tell Professor me, man. Murray, uh, what are you Tell telling me? The Wakanda propaganda. I'm telling you, they've been trying to do this. <laughs> that for is, ever. that is some, that is straight up some Afrofuturism right there. Yeah. Um, yeah. While the world's population declines, Nigeria will uh, will grow to an incredible size compared to its current size. Professor Marie says, "Quote: We'll have many more people in of African descent in many more countries as we go through this. Quote: Global recognition of the challenges around racism are going to be all the more critical." if there are large numbers of people of African descent in many countries. 
Um, then it explains a little bit why we need to get that number up to 2.1 uh, fertility rate. Basically, if you have two parents, you need to make two children to replace them. And then you need that 0.1 to facilitate growth. So I'm going to skip that. Then it says, what do the experts say? Um, Professor I Ibrahim. I think you should read this quote here. Yeah. Yeah, Professor Ibrahim Abu Bakar, University College London, said, quote, if these predictions are even half accurate, migration will become a necessity for all nations and not an option. To be successful, we need a fundamental rethink of global politics. The distribution of working age populations will be crucial to whether humanity prospers or withers, which was very interesting which is a little bit of an uncomfortable um, thing to consider, especially revolving around, you know, slavery and and the history of, uh, you know, putting African people to work. If, if Africa has, is, you know, the specifically Nigeria in the context of this article is going to have a population boom of epic proportions. What they're saying is we need to export them from Nigeria to work in other countries because the other countries (laughs) population can't, uh, can't support themselves, which is, you gotta be careful with talk like that. That's, that's what got America in trouble in the first place. Yeah. And rethinking global politics is very much a new world order can emerge. And in the context of the race thing you're talking about, yeah, it's almost like repeat repeating it, but this time the enslavement will be, um, well, not, yeah, not hope for hopefully not enslavement, but, uh, you know, the <laughs> migration, it will require migration out of Africa to fill the population centers around the world. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Very, very interesting. And and yeah, especially for those who've been listening to episodes and heard the episode uh, where I broke down Afrofuturism. Um, this is actually a very uh, compelling set of data uh, to sort of prop up the Afrofuturism idea that is uh, being, you know, uh, be- becoming a more popular set of ideas where, um, you know, Af- people of African descent are going to be the the major players in uh, in the future of humanity, which, you know, somebody's got to do it. Yeah, and it makes sense why the UN is basically usurping the West. This is like in their terminology, they're, they're going to go around the Western uh, development, uh, especially the United States, because of nationalism and all this stuff. And they're going right back into Africa and saying that they're going to rebuild all the infrastructure there. Uh, there's a lot of crypto projects that are over there right now, and they know that there's going to be a population boom and they're getting ready for all of that technologically. Yeah. And I think it's, I think we're going to see a pretty crazy, uh, uh, you know, technos- technocracy out of Africa in this century. Yeah. Well, um, and that's, you know, of course we know China has uh, at least a million uh, CCP members living over in uh, Africa. Uh, unfortunately, they seem to be using it as a wealth extraction exercise, but they right. do realize, you know, Africa long regarded as the, uh, 
the the center of civilization for a long time um in regards to population uh, in this article in this set of data shows that uh, africa will be the only poised uh continent to survive the population issue from 2100 so yeah very interesting look into the future of what uh you know the global society will look like and uh could be problematic on how uh, other continents handle uh, that piece of information and the sort of things that happen so i don't know we'll see what happens we'll see what I'll happens when we're a hundred and 20 years old yeah i'll be closer to 130 but uh i'll i've been busy over here old man yeah well you've (laughs) you're uh you're doing your part guns you are i know uh, you are i always said having kids is the one way you can actively fight against the uh, nwo yes you have officially surpassed the uh the numbers that are causing the decline in population yeah so, Yay. Good for you. I have yet to do my part. Yes, you but, should. You know, if there's going to be a decline in cat population, I'm oh, out no. with that. Oh, gosh. <laughs> That's weird. Weird. Yeah. Weird. Okay. Uh, we got a few things uh, Soros related. The race wars. Race wars. The race war. I've warned you and warned you and warned you. And some of this is adjacent to the conversations about the black militia that we talked about in the last episode, but I'll, mm-hmm. uh, I'll quickly run through a couple of these and we can get to that part of the conversation. This is WashingtonTimes.com. George Soros's foundation says it's time to double down, pours $220 million into racial justice efforts. George Soros's Open Society Foundations announced Monday it was investing $200 million in black-led racial justice groups and leaders saying it's time to double down while racial justice is at the forefront of the conversation. Um, it goes through some of the, uh, well, it just says, it says here, 150 million will be allocated through a set of five year grants to black led justice organizations and 70 million will go towards local grants, supporting police reform and criminal justice efforts, as well as quote, nurturing the civic engagement of young people and fighting, quote, voter suppression and disinformation. And uh, it's pretty straightforward here. George Soros pushing in a whole bunch of money. And, you know, I even noticed on YouTube. Doubling down. Doubling down. On YouTube, on the creator page, is like, hey, you know, we're going to really push the the black uh, uh, creators on YouTube, and -hmm. we're going to really, you know, use this $100 million towards that whole, you know, the whole system there. And, uh, and again, it's probably why a channel like mine got demonetized and, um, and, and also just a quick side update. I think there's a I lot hit that, of reasons why. Well, yeah, there's a lot of reasons why <laughs> that's one of them. Uh, and that 264,000 sub count, it lasted for about two or three hours and it was already below that number. Oh as yeah. The, uh, finally broke it again. 264 and then it, <laughs> yeah. And then they just pulled it right back fell there again. Yeah. Um, but it's going to be interesting as time goes on because we may not be able to see what exactly these guys, these big billionaire types are doing with their money and their investments because according to the uh, Bloomberg here, this is through MSN.com because of the paywall. I really appreciate MSM republishing some of these articles. <laughs> I know, they're uh, saving us. 
I know. Tepper Einhorn Soros stock holdings would go dark in SEC plan. John Paulson, Stanley Druckenmiller, and George Soros are among billionaire investors who would no longer have to reveal which stocks they own under a U.S. plan to ease disclosure rules. Hardly the smaller fund managers uh, that regulators say the overhaul is supposed to benefit. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'll read one more paragraph here. While the legendary traders all oversee billions of dollars, the value of each of their firms' equity holdings traded on U.S. exchanges is less than the $3.5 billion threshold that would trigger public reporting in the Securities and Exchange Commission's proposal. They are far from alone, as other Wall Street icons below that level include Louis Bacon, David Tepper, David Einhorn, and Paul Tudor Jones. Uh, Paul Tudor, Tudor Jones, who actually recently endorsed Bitcoin, by the way, mm. uh, to put in 1% of their uh, portfolio into Bitcoin. It's paper Bitcoin. It's not the real Bitcoin, but, you know progress i guess in that direction but yeah n- now we're not going to be able to see what they're investing in yeah I mean, what what is what is this sh- shenanigans yeah to Stop put that in progress <laughs> <it is> too late <laughs> to put that into regular people terms right now you know the biggest hedge funds and uh you know investing institutions are required to uh report their big financial moves, their their trades, right. especially with other people's money. Um, but this bill apparently wants to make it so they can operate in the dark, which is just another step into the horrifying corporate-led uh, dystopian future that has got us where we've already gotten. Um, they claim they, they want it. Now, one thing to mention, let me pull up that article because um, – Hold on a second. Sorry. Because uh, there was a graph on there that really shows where this cutoff is. Uh, the cutoff is at three and a half billion, which really yeah. only affects one of the biggest uh, firms, and that's Bridgewater Associates. It the, It's a bill that will allow pretty much every single uh, hedge uh um, hedge management firm or uh, capital management managers, firm, yeah. investing firm, you know, the big boys, it only allows one of them to, you know, or forces one of them to report. All the yeah. other ones are either within striking distance or already under that amount. So basically the entire industry uh, yeah. can go entirely dark. Um, which includes <laughs> pretty Soros convenient number fund there. management. Yeah, pretty convenient number to have that that cutoff point at. Yeah, it really is, uh, it literally only affects or only lets one uh, or affects one. Yeah, sorry. Yes, it only management. No, no, no. Yeah. It allows all but one to hide their uh, financial transactions. So right. there you go. Um, yeah, which I don't know. I don't know if there's much more to say about that. Maybe I'll take for granted how much of a problem that is. Uh, but yeah, if you, you suddenly all the most, basically all the most evil actors in the, uh, <laughs> investing world will get to do it secretly, uh, instead of doing their, their normal reporting that I think they have to do four times a year. I think every quarter yeah, they have to report every quarter. it. Yeah. So there you go. All right. Uh, ready to move on? 
Yes. Yeah, looking at the time, we're going to have to save some uh, stories for next time. But I think this one's important. Uh, We talked a little bit about the black militias being set up uh, last episode, one of them being uh, a an an actual official arm of the Black Lives Matter movement, their militarized arm uh, that they want to sort of uh, re uh, I don't know, revive sort of Black Panther tactics, if not the Black Panthers as an organization. They want to learn from the Black Panthers. And they held a meeting at Nick Cannon's recording studio, Nick Cannon being a, a celebrity. The, the article will talk more about it. And they had a meeting uh, where they met with some military advisors on how to uh, best uh, equip and train um, people to, you know, have a military like presence in their communities to, uh, I mean, the, the words that were used were war on police and things like that. Uh, going right. deeper into it, you know, they want to protect people from police. Um, and Nick Cannon was a big part of that. Now, here's a story on Nick Cannon. Again, MSN.com. Thank you for uh, mirroring mirroring it from CBS News. The article is titled Nick Cannon Dropped by Viacom CBS Over Anti-Semitic Comments. Okay, okay. Viacom CBS condemns bigotry of any kind. This is a quote. And we categorically denounce all forms of anti-Semitism, the company said in a statement Tuesday. It is terminating its relationship with Canon, Viacom CBS said. The company's move was in response to remarks made by Canon on a podcast in which he and Richard Professor Griff Griffin the former Public Enemy member, uh, Public Enemy being an, an old rap group there, uh, discussed racial bias. The podcast reportedly was filmed last year and aired two weeks ago. Quote, we have spoken with Nick Cannon about an episode of his podcast, Cannon's Class, on YouTube, which promoted hateful speech and spread anti-Semitic conspiracy theories, Viacom CBS said. Quote, while we support ongoing education and dialogue in the fight against bigotry, we are deeply troubled that Nick Nick has failed to acknowledge or apologize for perpetuating anti-Semitism, and we are terminating our relationship with him, the company said, adding that we are committed to doing better in our response to incidents and blah, 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 blah. This is just corporate speak trying to uh, cover their butts there. Um, Let me get down to the stuff that he actually said. Uh, More apologies, more apologies. You know what? I'm actually going to switch over to this other article. This was from the Daily Caller, so it is a right-leaning article. Um, Mm -hmm. But compared to the CBS article, uh, which had maybe two quotes from the stuff he said, uh, the Daily Caller did a better job of pulling more quotes. Let me see if I can catch up here. Here we go. Quote, in order for me to be anti-Semitic, I'd have to be anti-black man, anti-black woman, anti-black people, anti-Africa, anti-all other people, Griff said, because the Semitic people are black people, Cannon added. Cannon and Griff spoke positively of Nation of Islam leader Louis Farrakhan, a notorious anti-Semite, throughout the interview, which was garnered which has garnered more than 250,000 views on YouTube alone. Quote, when you have a person who has the lack of pigment, the lack of melanin that they know they will be annihilated. So melanin being the, uh, the chemical in the skin of uh, African descendants, they just have more of it, which is what turns uh, the skin 
a darker color. When you have a person who has the lack of pigment, the lack of melanin, that they know they will be annihilated. Therefore, they know that however they got the power, they have a lack of compassion. Melanin comes with compassion, Cannon said. Melanin comes with soul, that we call it soul. We soul brothers and sisters. That's the melanin that connects us uh, so the people that don't have it are, and I'm going to say this carefully, not carefully enough, Nick, are little less and where the term actually comes from. And I'm going to bring it back around to Minister Farrakhan, where they may not have the compassion, he added. When they were sent to the mountains of Caucasus, which is where Caucasian comes from, they didn't have the power of the sun. The sun started to deteriorate them. So they're acting out of fear. They're acting out of low self-esteem. They're acting out of deficiency. So they're Therefore, the only way they can act is evil, Cannon continued. Scholars have long debunked the pseudoscientific claim that skin melanin levels are linked to intellectual abilities. Quote, they have to rob, steal, rape, kill, fight in order to survive. Uh, talking about non-black people. So these people who didn't have what we have, and when I say we, I speak of the melanated people, they had to be savages. They had to be barbaric because they're in these Nordic mountains. They're in these rough torrential environments. So they're acting as animals. So they're the ones closer to animals. They're the ones that are actually the true savages, Cannon said in the video. Quote, so I say all that to say that uh, the context when I speak of Jewish people, white people, Europeans, the Illuminati, they were doing that as survival tactics to stay on this planet, Canon uh, added. The anti-Semitic rant was first highlighted by a Jewish blogger on Sunday. Cannon previously hosted Nation of Islam representative minister Tony Muhammad on his podcast, where Muhammad called for a separate black state. Quote, we want Caucasians and this government to give us a separate state or territory like you did Israel, Muhammad said. Cannon's personal website lists uh, his, and then it goes into uh, their his public uh, publicist agency apparently uh, miss uh, miss mislabeled Karen. on his website what uh, executive of that public relations uh, <laughs> company Karen. is Karen okay so there you go you know saying a lot of pretty uh, inflammatory stuff specifically in uh, reaction to um, Jewish people you know of course there's the the black Israelite movement uh, which holds that uh, black people are the Israelites uh, referred to in the, the real, Bible yeah the real Israelites and uh, yeah a lot of uh, a lot of language there that's not necessarily uh, you know, in in uh, in the interest of equality and the the uh, the oneness of humanity, uh, some pretty intense stuff there. What do you think? Care careful with the the language, Basil. Oneness of humanity. What are you talking about, man? Some kind of hive mind. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we are Borg. Saying. Borg is uh, all. Obviously, yeah, we know. I know what you're saying. I know there's some people out there that probably will sure. misinterpret that, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I think this is um, this is the danger of any type of uh, you know philosophy worldview that tries to create some kind of moral supremacy based on the you know the shade of your skin. And I mean, 
the, you know, the kind of stuff that he's talking about with the violence of the white man or the people with less melanin. I mean, violence is something that everybody is prone to and it has nothing to do with the color yeah. of your skin. So I, it's and just, by the way, yes, yeah. you're right. I did trigger people in the chat. You did, here. I told you, you would. <laughs> the human race, you know, the equality of uh, every man. I, you know, I've, I've heard people say that even the word human is, has some kind of like, Oh yeah. I can't remember what it was, oh, yeah. but no, yeah, use the word mankind, not human. Right. Well, uh, that's why you so have to anyway. spell human H U M X N. Right. Well, you know, what's funny is there's all these, like you know, the whole cancel culture thing. There is like a cancel culture type of thing with a lot of like, uh, the fringy conspiracy types too. Like if you say something a certain way or not say something the right way, it's like, Oh yeah, you're, you're part of the, you know, part of the problem mm-hmm. with the shilling and all this stuff. It's like, you can't win. Right. There's no way you can win. But, so, uh, yeah. The, yeah. The, 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 the Sorry. The concern, I guess you're sorry. I, the one thing I wanted to mention is that, and you kind of alluded to it before, but the part of this that's troubling is this type of philosophy is what is behind the, the black militia stuff, right? That, uh, you know, they want their own separate country, which is a tactic. The divide and conquer tactic is so apparent with this, that if you really understood the, the whole Hegelian dialectic mm-hmm. and, and all that kind of stuff, it, it's, you're playing, or, or, you know, Nick Cannon here is playing right into it the same way that uh, the, the Jewish descent uh, people did over a hundred years ago with the Zionist movement. It's, it's exact same thing, but now that, you know, the, the, I guess the African-American descent are being uh, uh, perpetuating or at least perpetuating the same type of philosophy to create that sort of division and to, you know, have some kind of Islamic state, whatever they're peddling there with that, uh, with that one Islamic sympathetic guy that, uh, what is it? Yeah. Tony they named Muhammad. a few in there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, 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 the issue that we're running into is Nick Cannon, obviously connected with a militarized arm of, uh, black lives matter. And then to connect the anti-Semitic and just generally anti-Caucasian rhetoric of this podcast, you know, and not just anti you know, anybody, but trying to make a case uh, that the lack of melanin in skin implies uh, lower compassion, lower, uh, you know, lower in- intellect, closer to animals, um, things like that is is uh, w- when that gets mixed up in militia <laughs> type uh, <laughs> yeah. organizations, that's a big problem. Yeah. Yeah. And. You know, there is an element of, uh, and this is the part of the deception here. The the layers of deception is really crazy because some people will say that Nick Cannon, you know, he he's taken the red pill or whatever pill, beige pill. What what pill was it that you took? Apparently, the the base pill. Base. You know, and he's he's woken up and he's really he's seeing the Zionist controllers and calling them out and all this kind of stuff. Uh, You can call out Zionism without blaming. The, the shade of your skin as the culprit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It you know is I mean? <laughs> an, an interesting concoction of anti-Zionism, uh, anti-Semiticism, uh, racism, all sorts of isms are sort <laughs> yeah. of mixed up. Ism, ism. Yeah. So th- it is kind of troubling. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm, I think the alarm is probably going to go off here in a moment, but oh, I think yeah. we can go through one more story related to this and then we'll, uh, we'll call it a, a, an episode 
we couldn't get to some of the other things about uh, yeah, Elon Musk's technocalypse update uh, a few other things but uh, this is related so I'll, I'll just end it here and this has to do with uh, the same race war stuff but the money aspect Oh. $100 billion is nothing. Uh, there goes the alarm's the alarm. going off. There we go. All right. Okay. All right. We're, we're, we're going to land the plane here. WashingtonExaminer.com. Mayors back reparations that could cost $6.2 quadrillion. <laughs> <laughs> or $151 million per descendant. Mm-hmm. The nation's mayors on Monday backed a national call for reparations to 41 million black people, a program that could cost taxpayers $6.2 quadrillion. A quadrillion is, uh, that would be a six and then 15 zeros behind it. So just, just as a reference point there. The U.S. Conference of Mayors released a letter backing a Democratic plan to Form Reparations Commission to come up with a payment for slavery. Quote, we recognize and support your legislation as a concrete first step in our larger reckoning as a nation and a next step to guide the actions of both federal and local leaders who have promised to do better by our black residents, said the letter from conference uh, President Greg Fisher, mayor of Louisville. Senator Cory Booker and Representative Sheila Jackson Lee, uh, sh- uh, yeah, Sheila Jackson Lee, have introduced legislation to create a commission, the Commission to Study and Develop Reparation Proposals for African Americans Act. In introducing her bill to the House last year, Jackson Lee said, "Quote: The commission aims to study the impact of slavery and continuing discrimination against African Americans, resulting directly and indirectly from slavery, uh, to segregation, to the desegregation process." Uh, in the present day, the commission would also make recommendations concerning any form of apology and compensation to being uh, or to begin the long delayed process of atonement for slavery. Uh, and since then, reparations have continued to draw attention and the issue was elevated further during the recent Black Lives Matter protest. So uh, step aside, George Soros and your 220 million. We're, they're asking for 6.2 quadrillion. Yeah. And uh, at this point, uh, money printer go brr. Just do it. I say do it. I say hyperinflate the dollar to oblivion because it doesn't matter because we're in a modern monetary theory, baby. Yeah, that's right. The dollar's I'm, worth a dollar because we say it's worth a dollar. <laughs> I'm trying to look. Uh, let's see here. So what was the number? Six quadrillion? 6.2 quadrillion. Yeah, yeah. It's 15 zeros behind the number. I believe that is more money than exists in the world right now. I'm oh, no, 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 no. When you, when you think about derivatives, it's, uh, it's not because the derivatives yeah, have derivatives. anywhere from, I know derivatives count. aren't like true money. Um, hold on. I, I do have a, uh, um, a chart that I've used often to talk about this, this I issue know. of how I was much just money looking there at is the in chart, the world. But the chart's not going to be helpful in this case. I literally was just on it. I know the one you're talking about, the one that they made uh, in reference to Bitcoin and w- where it lays in the uh, the mountain of money in the world. 
let's see. Yeah, deliv- yeah derivatives hold large amounts of funds invested in them with the money exceeding 544 trillion. So I'm pretty sure that's close to more money than exists in the world. Six quadrillion. So, you know, this is very interesting. And I'm not saying that number's wrong. You know, their their methodology was interesting. You know, they just took the the uh, amount of labor by all the slaves in America um, over the, you know, three or four hundred years. Of course, yeah. that'll add up uh, and then added some uh, added some interest on that. And so that's how they got the number. So, of course, the six quadrillion number is is irrational. It just doesn't exist. But, uh, you know, what this is, is an, it's an opening bid. Is what this is, you know. If you're if you're starting negotiations, this is just a little tip. Uh, you you start out your opening bid with a ridiculous six quadrillion. Yes, oh, we'll take three hundred trillion. That's that is good more money than exists, and then maybe you can get uh, you know a more reasonable number and get something close to what you're looking for. I'm so. sorry, I, you were you're right. It is more money because uh, yeah, the derivatives say here the notional value. The low estimate being 558 trillion and upwards of one quadrillion. So, yes. Uh, yeah, I think there's yeah. about one quadrillion dollars, a little over one, quadri- one quadrillion dollars on Earth. So, uh, yeah, paying six quadrillion is a, is a big, is a big, is a bold openings bid to reparations. Well, you know, um, Trump said it. We will launch a new age. So what's a what's six quadrillion? <laughs> Nothing. I found the the official number is one point two quadrillion on the high end. Right. Um, so yeah, okay, there you go. So just, just make sure to pay your taxes, people. Oh, today yeah, is tax day, by the way. It is tax day. Oh, no. Yeah, it is tax day. There Good day go. to scam some people out of Bitcoin. Yeah, and yes. also somebody had some taxes to pay, so they had to. <laughs> Maybe steal. that's what it is. That's yeah, probably. He brought out the is. big guns to uh-huh. to scrape some money together to pay taxes, um, and also a day when uh, it was reported. This will be the last one. NBCNews.com. Pandemic leads to national coin shortage. Federal Reserve Task Force created to help. Uh, so yeah, there's we're yeah, lacking I thought coins. That was interesting. Everybody's seeing these uh, signs up. Coin shortage, which seemed ridiculous, um, but the uh, the article specifically that we pulled up um, wants to make sure we know it is not a conspiracy theory to go cashless. They're just saying a nobody's spending coins. Uh, B the, they shut down the mints, the coin minting facilities at the Federal Reserve because because uh, of COVID. And so there's no coins, no cash, baby. It's all going cashless. Yeah. Um, and technically, my thing is, I mean, the coins exist. People just aren't using them. There's not a shortage for people yeah. who already own them. It's just stores can't get them from the bank. They can't get new coins. So there you go. Um, yeah. Have okay. you paid for anything with that, coins recently? I haven't paid anything with coins. I mean, besides like a, you know, a Gashapon machine or something or an arcade game, have not spent coins maybe in 15 years. <laughs> wow. So you are part of the, the new world I'm order. part of the problem. No, I'm saving my coins, man. There's a, I knew there was a shortage coming. I was <laughs> trying to hold on to them for 15 years. But there's no... Uh, 
there's really no inherent value in them. I mean, it's, it's not anymore. There's no gold or silver in them. No, unless guns, you value you conspiracy theorist. All right, <laughs> let's end the show here. All right. Okay, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Canary Cry News Talk. Remember, we will be back on Friday uh, sometime between noon and 5 p.m. PST. Uh, so put that on your calendar and remember us for Friday because uh, we will be thinking more producers. Remember, we're value for value. We don't believe in uh, packaging you, our dear listener, up as a product and selling it to a corporation for our own personal gain. And so uh, we need your help. We need your help to to stand against that sort of worldwide economic system uh, where you, the listener, are the product. We, we don't think that's the right way to go. But uh, we can only keep doing that if uh, people value what we do, value consistency, quality, and content, and uh, want to help keep it going. So if you would like to become a producer of Canary Cry News Talk, you should definitely do it. Now's the time if you're thinking about it. You can do it for as little as a buck by going over to patreon.com slash ccnt for Canary Cry News Talk. There's a bunch of fun stuff over there. I, we haven't talked about it recently, but there's uh, you can get access to a bunch of bonus episodes and all sorts of fun stuff over there on Patreon. Um, so please do that. Patreon.com slash CCNT. Uh, and remember, if you don't like Patreon, people don't like it. That's okay. You can head to CanaryCryRadio.com slash support. CanaryCryRadio.com slash support. That's right. CanaryCryRadio.com slash support is a great place to uh, become a producer of the show. We got PayPal options over there, monthly recurring, or if commitment's not your thing, we got one-time uh, offerings there, as well as cryptocurrency. So, you know, maybe whoever uh, hacked Elon Musk there can send some of that Bitcoin our way. If you're listening, just if you happen to be. No, listening. I don't want no dirty Bitcoin. Oh, well, that's true. Keep we don't that want... dirty Bitcoin away from, yeah, from so our make wallet. Sure to properly <laughs> clean it. Wash, wash that Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, there you go. Oh, Thank man. you, everybody. Now, there's other Coin ways join. to become a producer. Uh, one of those ways is to create jingles, create art, create songs. If you're a creative person, uh, you can go ahead and help us out that way. We didn't play, uh, we didn't show any new art or anything. I don't think anything came in, but. If you're a creative person, send whatever you're working on to canarycryradio.com. Uh, no, that's wrong. Canarycryradio at gmail.com is the email to send uh, jingles and artwork. Make sure it's show related. You know, we, we appreciate all the cool art people are doing, but, uh, you know, make it show related. We'll show it on the show. Um, that'll be fun. And remember, you, we sometimes people will just send us... Um, uh, clips of songs just with nothing else no no uh i don't know no nothing else just no like editing take, no reference yeah they just, just take a, take a clip of a song and send it to us that's appreciated but uh we can't use it because we'll get knocked for um copyright issues so if you find a song that you think would make a good jingle try to spice it up a little bit mix it up you know do some stuff to it so we don't get knocked um but that's a great way to help produce the show also 
You can help uh, by leaving ratings and reviews on your iTunes or your Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this. That's super helpful. But most of all, you got friends, you got family, people you love that are starting to wake up. And a great way to help them along that journey is to send them an episode of Canary Cry News Talk. I suggest sending them a podcast version. It sounds much better. And they get to listen to it while they wash the dishes, not having to sit in front of their computer or something uh, watching a video. Uh, but that's a great way to get them hooked up with, uh, you know, I think we're pretty harmless as far as waking up, uh, uh, waking up uh, sources go. You know, sometimes it can be kind of spooky sending a more, a more intense, more serious, more wild uh, piece of information to somebody. But I like to think because we just go through the mainstream news and analyze it, find the discrepancies, um, and uh, catalog it all in the way that the world is going, I think we're a pretty good way to do that. So, send them an episode. Tell people about the show. It's truly the best way uh, to help spread the show and make it work so we appreciate you that much now if you want to uh if you want instructions and in how to help people out here's what you do you walk right up to them you grab them by the cage and then you shake it the end of the world occurred pretty much as we had predicted oops sorry <laughs> messed up i want to shake things up stir up some controversy rattle a few cages <laughs> Don't ever silence me. I'm the last angry man, a crusader for the little guy. Leave the bird alone. Never. Rattle a few cages. Rattle a few cages. The human race will have every opportunity to improve. And if they don't? Ask Noah. That's right. Just ask Noah, everybody. Remember, slap some masks on those bunnies, those fish, those bees. And now make sure your hamsters are masked because that's how you care for other people. All right, everybody. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Make sure to tune in again on Friday sometime between noon and 5 p.m. PST for the next episode of Canary Cry News Talk. But until then, everybody, all together now, think outside the cage. Look it up. William Steele, Jewel Thief. Some controversy. I want to rattle a few cages. I want to rattle a few cages. I'm the last angry man. You'll never silence me. I'm the last angry man. I'm the last angry man. You'll never silence me. I'm the last angry man. A crusader for the little guy. Little guy. Little guy. Well, we'll see about that. Whatever, Illuminati. In the future, humans will be confined in a people's zoo. People.